Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Birds and Beans Shade Grown Bird Friendly Coffee. Birdsandbeans.com. And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.oceanstatebirdclub.org, for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club. Good morning. Welcome to our show number 728. Well, we don't always have good news about bird survival here on the show, even though we try to. But this week we have some good news about bird survival in the Florida Everglades. Some say the Florida Everglades is the only place of its kind in the world, although others claim there's one other, the Noosa Everglades in Australia... In any case, the good news is that after some steep declines, wading bird nests in the Florida Everglades have increased for the second year in a row, and iconic birds like roseate spoonbills and wood storks showed some of the biggest increases as part of the largest annual nesting effort recorded since counts in the region began in 1995. Meanwhile, remember the story of the great black hawk? It caused quite a stir when the first recorded sighting of the bird ever in the U.S. was made last April on South Padre Island in Texas. The bird normally ranges from coastal Mexico to eastern Argentina. And then the bird found its way to Maine, where it was spotted at several locations. By then, though, it was winter, and the bird ultimately had to be euthanized after developing severe frostbite on its legs and feet. But a memory of the bird is being preserved. It's being immortalized in a life-size bronze statue to be erected in Portland, Maine. The Friends of Deering Oaks announced their campaign this week for the sculpture. They've commissioned a Maine artist to create the statue, which will be set on a pedestal in Deering Oaks Park, where the bird was frequently spotted. In a week from now, your Talking Birds crew will be not far from Deering Oaks Park when we visit Freeport, Maine for a live broadcast of our show from the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival right there at the L.L. Bean flagship store. All Talking Birds listeners who can join us there are cordially invited to do that. Admission to the broadcast is free as are most of the events at the festival. Check out our Talking Birds Facebook page for more info. Once again, a Talking Birds live broadcast from L.L. Bean, Freeport, Maine, Sunday, May 26th, 93210. By the way, among folks in our live audience there will be members of the Maine Young Birders Club, and they'll even have a booth there, providing an opportunity for other prospective young birders to learn about the club. Their website, by the way, Maine Young Birders. That would be the sound of our mystery bird. Mystery bird contest coming up later in the show, but we want you to be ready. So we're giving you this little preview here. And uh, our bird is about seven and a half inches long uh, with a short tail and a very long bill. It's green above with white markings on the wings and tail and a white collar around the neck. Males have white underparts 
In a broad chestnut-colored breast band, females have whitish underparts and two green chest bands. Our bird, which is here in the U.S., found in South Texas and just over the Mexican border in southeastern and south-central Arizona, is often seen perched on a low tree branch near water from which it plunges headfirst to capture fish and sometimes aquatic insects. Prizes for our mystery bird contest this morning include the Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder. Not very hospitable for house sparrows, for example, but lots of other birds can feed upside down and will certainly do so if you put some seed in that feeder. Bonus prize, a download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. And uh, that's our prizes. Those are our prizes. The prize and a bonus prize uh, right here on our show today for our mystery bird contest coming up just a little bit later on in the show. Thank you for lowering that volume. It's a uh, very Tim. enthusiastic bird. That's a loud and enthusiastic bird. It really is. Okay, well, the second annual Talking Birds Make Your Own Swag Contest is underway. It's the contest in which you iron a Talking Birds patch onto a hat, a shirt, jacket, or maybe a backpack or a binocular pouch or a spotting scope case. Then take a photo of yourself or a friend with a patch attached and email us the photo. Every week for five weeks, we'll choose a favorite photo and send out a prize every week. Prizes like an REI Trail 5 travel pack. You wear it around your waist and go traveling. It has all kinds of storage capacity there. Plus, another prize, a hardcover copy of the newest book by the legendary Ken Kaufman, A Season on the Wind, Inside the World of Spring Migration. Prize number three, a hardcover copy of the Birdwatching Answer Book, everything you need to know about birds in your backyard and beyond. Then we have an Optech USA elasticized binocular harness, courtesy of the Birdwatchers General Store on Cape Cod. And our grand prize, the Terra ED 8x42 binocular from one of the finest brands on the planet, Zeiss. So those are our prizes. You'll need a patch to participate and to get one. Just send us an email that includes your mailing address and say something like, I want a patch. Any words like that would be okay. Just email your request to ray at talkingbirds.com. That's ray at talkingbirds.com. Deadline for entering with your photo, June 15th at midnight. We'll announce our first winner next week on our May 26th show, number 729. Time to welcome some new ambassadors, Talking Birds ambassadors, our listeners who agree to let us send them some of our little Talking Birds info cards, which they hand out to their friends and neighbors and fellow birders. And this week, great thanks to David Feldman, from Minneapolis, Minnesota. He says, I run into fellow bird watchers around the Twin Cities from time to time, especially this time of year at parks and nature centers. I'll get the word out, says David. Thank you so much, David. And thank you to Steve Kane from Merrimack, New Hampshire. He says, I'm 67 and have always been an avid bird watcher. And he reports a Baltimore Oriole and ruby-throated hummingbird in his backyard this week. Nice going, Steve, and thank you for becoming a Talking Birds ambassador. Talking Birds listeners, will you join Steve and David? Become a Talking Birds ambassador? Pretty easy to do. Just click on the contact button at talkingbirds.com and choose the Become an Ambassador option. Still to come on our show today, we'll learn why those beautiful seabirds called shearwaters may provide some answers about the health of ocean ecosystems 
when we welcome Dr. Tammy Silva and Peter Hong from the Stellwagen Bank National Marine Sanctuary as guests right here in our Talking Birds studio. Also this morning, our man Mike O'Connor from that famous Cape Cod Birdwatchers General Store will talk about what a lot of his customers are asking about tips on attracting and feeding Baltimore Orioles. That's in our Let's Ask Mike segment. And up next, a cold-weather sparrow with a bicolored bill is today's featured feathered friend, presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. We're seeing lots of tree swallows as we get deeper into spring here in the Northeast. But today we're focusing on another bird with the word tree in its name, the American tree sparrow. Tree swallows can be found all over most of the U.S., at least through early summer. But if you want to see an American tree sparrow, you'd better get cracking. Ken Kaufman, in one of his field guides, describes this bird as a cold-weather sparrow, making its way in the spring up north to breed in northern Canada and Alaska. Close by our Talkin' Birds radio studio here in Massachusetts, the nearby Daniel Webster Sanctuary seems to be a reliable place for these birds, and I've gotten some close-up views that reveal the bird's beauty with the richness of its rusty cap, the pale rusty eyeliner, the gorgeous mix of browns and blacks on its back, and its two wing bars, the lower of which forms a long white crescent on the perched bird. It also shows a central breast spot, like the song sparrow, but without the song sparrow's streaky breast. And here's another good field mark by which to identify the American tree sparrow. The upper half of its bill is a dark gray color, while the bottom half is yellow. Despite its name, the tree sparrow feeds mostly on the ground, and its far north breeding grounds are above the tree line, so it usually nests on the ground, too, on a clump of grass or moss. And it sounds like this. The whistle and warble of the American tree sparrow, Spilozoides arborea, today's talking birds, featured feathered friend. Welcome again to our show number 728. And here's where we invite visitors to our website, TalkingBirds.com, and hope you'll follow us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, where we're happy to report we've just passed the 17,000 likes mark. So thank you, Talking Birds Facebook followers. That's at Talking Birds. Well, Dr. Tammy Silva is a scientist with Stellwagen Bank National Marine Sanctuary one of whose projects focuses on the life history, movement patterns, and foraging behavior of seabirds known as great shearwaters. Peter Hong is a Stellwagen research team member, and they're both here with me in the studio here this morning. Good morning, Tammy and Peter. Good morning. Good morning. Great to have you with us live in the studio. And Tammy, I just read that in 2016, the Stellwagen Bank National Marine Sanctuary was voted best place to see aquatic life in the U.S., edging out Monterey Bay in California. So I guess that would provide a partial explanation maybe for why you want to do research there. But tell us more about the Stellwagen Sanctuary and where it is. So Stellwagen Bank National Marine Sanctuary is located in Massachusetts Bay. It's about 20 miles from Boston or 
where we are right now in Marshfield. It's about maybe about 11 to 12 miles or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, and it centers around Stellwagen Bank, which is this underwater plateau that makes the area really productive. So mm-hmm. there's over 500 species that have been documented in the sanctuary. It's really biodiverse. It's an awesome place to be. One of the best places in the world to whale watch. Mm-hmm. And whale watching also provides a great opportunity to see seabirds. Over 30 species of seabirds can be found in the sanctuary. Uh-huh. So why great shear waters as a study focus? So we are interested in shearwaters and seabirds um, in particular because they can be really good ecosystem indicators. So that means that they can tell us something about the health of our ecosystem or our local environment. Because seabirds are so mobile, they can respond to changes in their environment really quickly. So a good example Mm -hmm. of that is food supply. So if there's not enough food around, a seabird can pick up, fly somewhere else and be in an area that does have Mm -hmm. lots of good food pretty Mm -hmm. quickly. So when we see seabirds, that tends to tell us they're in a good spot. That's a productive, healthy ecosystem where they are. And, and one of the ways you, you do this testing is, is a, with kind of a, a breathalyzer test, uh, yeah, Peter. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so. Not looking for uh, necessarily uh, imbibing uh, alcoholic yeah. beverages, but <laughs> no. whatever else they're imbibing, right? Exactly. So yeah. instead of looking at like what alcohol they've been consuming, <laughs> well, we're trying to see what, what their diet has been um, over the past few hours to a day. Uh, and I'm sad that I couldn't bring it in <laughs> this morning to to show you. But what it basically is is, is it's a mask that fits over the yeah. bill of the bird, and the bird will breathe in and out into um, into the mask, which mm-hmm. is attached to a balloon on the other side, and then will close flow to the balloon after a few breaths, and then analyze what's in the balloon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a real thing, folks. It's we're a real not, thing. We're not <laughs> making this up, even though he doesn't really have it here. But we do <laughs> we we do have a, a great shearwater decoy in the yep. studio, which we also can't show because uh, we're on the radio here. But we'll put that on our Facebook page so people can see that. So you put these decoys out, and this gets them to come to your boat where otherwise they might not, right? Yeah, they're, they're often pretty skittish. But actually, um, one of the reasons why we chose great shearwaters uh, to sample is out of the four shearwater species that are in our sanctuary, they're actually one of the least skittish um, uh-huh. So they're easier to catch. Okay, uh, easier to catch. But right. still, but still give us problems, which is why we have the decoy right here, uh-huh. and we'll send that out. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Easy, but not th- not that easy. Easy, not that easy. Uh, okay. <laughs> so you've been doing this sampling and tagging since 2012, I believe. What are the 13? 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what are the main things that you've learned at this point? Mm-hmm. So from tagging these birds, we've learned a little bit about where they like to go, and we think we're starting to get a handle on why. So Mm -hmm. out of the 61 birds we've tagged since 2013, we know they use the entire Gulf of Maine as their home range. They'll go up to the Bay of Fundy, they'll head out to Georgia's Bank uh, while they're in the Gulf of Maine. But we see that they tend to spend most of their time in shallow, sandy habitats. And we think they're targeting a small forage fish called sand lance, Mm -hmm. which is actually probably the key forage fish in our sanctuary. Same uh, same fish that Puffin, Atlantic puffins exactly. feed on. Mm-hmm. So, but I know the waters have gotten a little colder, I think, in the last couple of years. We've had that trend of them getting warmer, and puffins have had a problem because they couldn't get these small fish to feed their chicks. Is that a problem with the shearwaters, or, or not so much? Well, the Gulf of Maine is warming mm-hmm. faster than 99% of the world's oceans, mm-hmm. and so it's exactly why we're studying these animals to see how they'll respond to Mm -hmm. changes in food supply and changes in the climate. Mm -hmm. Well, speaking of learning, you enlist students and teachers from area schools 
uh, to assist in the tagging of birds. I'm guessing it's not that hard to get the kids to do this, easier than getting the shearwaters in, probably. Um, not in actually the, the the actual tagging of the birds. That's okay. a little, that's a little bit more involved. But we yeah. are definitely involved um, with sharing our data with with um, schools and okay. educators and students um, to get people excited about what we do, get excited about birds and the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we mentioned whale watching earlier as a Stellwagen Bank being a, a great place for that. And I know that these whales or the humpbacks anyway get named in many cases with, from their tail patterns and so forth. But you're sort of doing the same thing with great shearwaters. We got some local names here, Monomoy, Nauset, and then Cape Cod Lighthouse <laughs> Charter School. There's got to be an, a, 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 a diminutive of some sort for that. Is that so, do you call them that whole we, full we call name? CC Lighthouse. CC Lighthouse. CC Lighthouse. Okay. <laughs> Wonderful. Dr. Tammy Silva, Peter Hong are here with us in the studio from the Stellwagen Bank National Marine Sanctuary. And uh, really short on time, but. Uh, Tell us, uh, Tammy, how folks can best follow your work and learn more about the sanctuary. You can visit our website, which is stellwagon.noaa.gov. I think that'll be on the track and bir- uh, Talking Birds page, so you can yep. get that. You can follow us on Twitter. We're at Track Seabirds. And just one other opportunity that Talking Birds listeners might be interested in, we have a Stellwagen Sanctuary Seabird Stewards S4 volunteer program. So if you're an hmm. expert-level birder and want to help us with our surveys, get in contact with us. Okay. And the best way to do that, again, to contact you? You can email Peter or I or our volunteer coordinator, Anne-Marie Runful. We're all on the website, all of our emails. All right. Dr. Tammy Silva is a scientist with the Stellwagen Bank National Marine Sanctuary. And Peter Hong is a Stellwagen Research Team member. Thank you so much, Tammy and Peter. And keep up the great work. Thanks for having Thanks, us. Thanks, Ray. And I'm going to try giving this website again, too. We'll also put it on our Facebook page along with pictures of the uh, of our decoy uh, shearwater. And then maybe, I don't know, Peter, maybe you can send us a picture with the... The oh, breathalyzer yeah, yeah. Yep, thing. We've got plenty of pictures. We'll, all right. Yeah, yeah. We'll, put, we'll put one of those. Not with it on you, but on <laughs> one on You sure one you want the, me to take the breath <laughs> <laughs> after, we, after we go off the air, you can, you can do that. Stellwagon.nova.gov. Noah. Noah. I'm sorry. Nova is the TV show. Sorry. Stellwagon.nova.gov. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. Hello, this is Julia Louis-Dreyfus, and I want to tell you about my new favorite discovery, Yosemite National Park. I recently went there with my husband and children, and we walked the trails to see the breathtaking waterfalls, admired the grand meadows, and giant sequoias. But the future of our national parks is uncertain. Many challenges face our parks today, from polluted air and water to development threats outside their borders and inadequate funding to protect our national heritage. That's why the National Parks Conservation Association recently completed a decade-long assessment of the challenges facing our national parks, along with proposed actions that will ensure our children and grandchildren will be able to enjoy the parks as we have. Our national parks have inspired Americans for nearly 100 years. As we approach the centennial of the National Park Service in 2016, please join us in helping to protect our national park legacy. Find out how at www.mpca.org. By the way, if you're not hearing our Sunday morning show live, there is a way to do it if you have an internet connection and some kind of a device that would connect to that. And just go to our website, TalkingBirds.com, and click on the Listen button. You can see all the listening options there, including how to listen live online. So our Mystery Bird contest features this bird. (laughs) 
Our bird is about seven and a half inches long. It's pretty loud. That's a short tail and a very long bill. It's green above with white markings on the wings and tail and a white collar around the neck. Males have white underparts and a broad chestnut-colored breast band. Females have two green chest bands. Our bird is found in the U.S. in South Texas and just across the Mexican border in southeastern and south-central Arizona, often seen perched on a low tree branch near water from which it plunges headfirst to capture fish and sometimes aquatic insects. So that's some the, some clues there and the sound of our mystery bird and our prizes, the Droll Yankees Bottoms Up Finch Feeder, a beautiful feeder that's accommodating for all birds that can feed upside down like goldfinches and chickadees and nuthatches and many others, plus a bonus prize and that's the download to your iOS device or online access to the LarkWire app, the app that makes learning bird sounds a game. Call us as soon as you can. As usual, we come close to running out of time. So if you have a guess or a definitive answer, please give us a holler. And remember, one of the features of our Mystery Bird Contest is that you don't necessarily have to get the right answer in order to win as long as some other wise guy doesn't get the right answer exactly. So it's like that. So take a guess. It could be, uh, it could be worth it whether you get the exact answer or not. 781 837 4900 is the number. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, we'll check in with Mike O'Connor and some advice about Baltimore Orioles next. It's Let's Ask Mike live in just one minute. Talking Birds, we're for the birds. And we want to say thanks to another Talking Birds ambassador who's helping to spread the word about birds and conservation. My name is Michael Levy, and I'm calling from Center Reach, New York. I decided to become a Talking Birds ambassador because I think birding is a great interest, and I think people take it for granted. They go outside every day, they get in their cars, they miss out on the great outdoors. Other people should become Talking Birds ambassadors because it's a great program. It's good that people take part and listen to the show. Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll become a Talkin' Birds ambassador. Just visit our website, TalkinBirds.com. Click on the contact button and then choose the Become an Ambassador option. We'll send you some info cards to hand out to your friends and neighbors. That's the contact button at TalkinBirds.com. And thanks. Mike O'Connor is down there at the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, and he's about to join us here on the Talkin' Birds radio program to talk about a bird that has a baseball team named for it, and I don't mean the Toronto Blue Jays. Good morning, Mike. He decided not to talk. We played his music for him and everything, but uh, okay. Anyway, if uh, Mike were here right now, he would be telling us all about Baltimore Orioles, and there is a possibility that we will still hear from Mike, but uh, yeah. Tim says he should be there. Are you there, Mike? Oh! Oh! There it is. There uh, it is. You pressed the right button. Uh, yeah. All right. Now, Tim is just uh, shaking his well, head in there. I don't, I don't know. Well, you're new to this. We are new. Yeah, we are new. <laughs> yeah. Show me which button that is, Tim, so maybe I can push it the next time. So, Baltimore Orioles. We mentioned uh, our new ambassador, Steve, up in Merrimack, New Hampshire. He's got at least one in his backyard, and you probably have some, too, Mike. I do. They're just yeah. they're on the feeder as we speak, and this is hmm. uh, May's the prime time for the Orioles, like the hummingbirds, 
returning from the tropics, usually Central America, and they've flown all the way up. And they're fairly easy to attract in, to our yards this time of year, mm-hmm. being May. Um, I think back in the old days, back in the 70s, when I first started feeding birds, people would put orange halves out, and that still works. Yep. The Orioles love to eat fruit, and they would come to oranges. But then they noticed that the birds would try to drink out of the hummingbird feeders, so they some companies made feeders that were a little bit larger for the Orioles to drink uh, sugar water out of. Mm-hmm. And those took over the next mm. wave of Oriole attraction. And then and there was jelly, right? Right. Then, then <laughs> right. Now, lately, the last dozen years or so, people have put out grape jelly in these little, just a little cup, little perch. Sometimes they had a cover on it to keep the rain out. And the Orioles came for that. So they'll come for all three, either orange cut in half mm-hmm. or sugar water or, or the jelly. And, and they're all acceptable, and the birds like them a lot. But the important thing is, is to do it now. Do it in May, because mm-hmm. when the calendar flips over to June, the the birds kind of forget what our yard so much, mm-hmm. and they start building their nests, and they start feeding their babies insects, and they're less interested in that. So right now I get a lot of people saying, I tried all this stuff, it didn't work. And mm-hmm. then I, you know, a few more questions, and they'll say, well, I, you know, I tried it in the summer. Now is the time to do that. And, ev- and eventually the birds will um, disappear a little bit from the feeders, but then they'll come back when the babies hatch. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't give up. It just mm-hmm. if, you're gonna, if you're going to try this, do it now. The other thing you can do, because they're building the nets right now, is take short pieces of string or yarn, maybe six, eight inches, and just hang them on, uh, on your clothesline if you still have such a thing, or maybe some bushes, and the females will pluck them off and build a nest with them. But what you don't want, what you kind of want to prevent, and I run into this a lot around here, people have boats and they put blue tarps over their boats or maybe a wood pile, Mm. and then the birds will, as the tarps get older, they'll stop pulling the little strands out of these plastic tarps, and they'll build a nest with that. And we all think it's kind of cute, and we think it's a good idea, but it's not a good idea, it turns out, because the, the plastic doesn't hold like the string of the yarn mm-hmm. or the natural fibers that the birds get. And so the, the birds build the nest and then they end up falling apart. Mm-hmm. So okay. if you see the birds doing that, stop that. But do it in May because this is the time. Put out your oranges and jelly and some string and uh, you'll get those lovely Orioles. All right. If you can't do the clothes on, you can't put that on your clothes dryer, right? That doesn't, doesn't work. Right? <laughs> well, the birds get dizzy trying they to get, get it. Oh, going around and around. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Mike, thank you. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds great, man. All right. Mike O'Connor down there at the legendary Birdwatchers General Store. We'll be back to the Mystery Bird Contest right after this. For over a quarter century, Birdwatching Magazine has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. Regular contributors include expert birders and authors such as Ken Kaufman, David Sibley, Pete Dunn, Laura Erickson, and others. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com. Here's the Mystery Bird we're trying to... uh, Identify here, about seven and a half inches long, a short tail and a very long bill, green above, white markings on the wings and tail and a white collar around the neck. Males have a broad chestnut-colored breastband. Females have whitish underparts and two green uh, chest bands. Yes, that's what they are. Uh, and our number is 781-837-4900. We have Michael in Center Reach, New York. Good morning, Michael. Hi. Hi. Michael, you are a new amb- amb- are you a, one of our new ambassadors, am I correct? Oh, you are I on- sure am. We heard from you this morning on our little promo for our ambassadors uh, contest. Yes, that's uh, correct. 
I mean, our, our ambassador uh, program. It's not a contest. This is a contest, though, I think. It's the Mystery Bird Contest. And, uh, Michael, what, what do you think the uh, Mystery Bird is? Green Kingfisher. Green Kingfisher, Tim. That would appear to be the correct answer, Michael. Great. This is I... your day. You're on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Michael, stay on the line. Tim will get your info, and we'll send you that uh, those beautiful prizes, okay? Yes, great. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, uh, Michael. They're in Center Reach, New York. Green Kingfisher, our mystery bird. Next week on our show, please join us in person if you can, or on the air for sure as we broadcast live from the L.L. Bean Maine Audubon Birding Festival at L.L. Bean in beautiful Freeport, Maine. Admission to our 9.30 a.m. show in the Discovery Lobby there is free. And so is the Birders Social going on at the same spot from 9 to 10, Sunday, May 26th, L.L. Bean in Freeport, Maine. Thanks to our amazing Talking Birds team, Debbie Bleacher, Freya McGregor, and our producing engineer, Tim McKenney. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod. BirdWatchersGeneralStore.com by Birds and Beans Shade-Grown Bird-Friendly Coffee. BirdsandBeans.com And proudly sponsored by Ocean State Bird Club. We'd like to invite all of Ray's listeners to join us on one of our free upcoming walks at birding hotspots throughout Rhode Island. Explore the smallest state in the Union with the biggest variety of birds by visiting our website, www.OceanStateBirdClub.org for more information. You can also follow us on Facebook. Find out all we have to offer birders with Ocean State Bird Club.